Is that okay? Good. I- I'm going to stand the whole time, so you can stand for a few minutes, hey? Um, <laughs> so I'm here. Um, I want us to pray um, because it's, your, it's the confession of your faith. I can pray for you, but if you're a Christian, you should pray for yourself. Is that okay? Good. And we're going to pray all together. Put your hand on your heart because that's where the issues flow from. And we want to be changed today. I don't know about you, but we could be doing lots of other things, but I want to be more like Jesus. So let's pray together. Jesus, out loud, come on. Jesus, thank you for today. I want to leave here more like you. So I'm ready for change. Let's do this. You're able. I'm willing. Let's go. Amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Now you can sit down, my lovelies. How good is that? Thank you, guys. You've been amazing. Thank you for serving. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Um, So, yeah, thank you for inviting me. It's a privilege to be here. And I just want to honor you. You could be doing anything. And you positioned yourself in the house of God. And that just is amazing on a Saturday. (laughs) You could be shopping. It's my favorite hobby. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you've chosen well, and God honors that. And as we gather around his word today, I just want to remind us that he is able. He's able. As he is, so are we. And so often we disqualify ourselves, but God doesn't want us to be disqualified. He chose us. Um, And so I've got a a God story like all of you, (laughs) Um, and I have a crazy background my mum was a manic depressive schizophrenic. My dad was an alcoholic. I was abducted off the streets in London. I was sexually abused um, by him and then by lesbians over a long period and then abused by a family member all before I was 11. And 11, I ran a brothel in London with my brother. My mum went to bed. The porter rented out the rooms and my brother and I changed sheets every half an hour. Um, so interesting upbringing. Um, I was... I got married. Um, I took a massive overdose when I was 16. Um, Fred met me just after that and very bravely married me. Um, It's very brave. Um, How many of us know as women we can hide things? We can look great on the outside. (laughs) But inside, not quite so great. Um, And so he bravely married me. I had our daughter. Anybody pregnant? If you're pregnant, put your fingers in your ears. I'm not normal. Okay. When I was pregnant, I was epileptic, diabetic, lost my hair, lost my teeth, and they found out I had four kidneys. And my prognosis would, was I would die when I was 30. I was 19. Um, interesting. Yeah, I was sterilized when I was 21. They wouldn't do that now. Um, and so I, we have one daughter, four grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren. God restores what the locust has eaten. Um, but Fred and I, um, we're doing life. And there's many of you in this room just doing life. But actually, we weren't. We thought we were. Um, and I'm a communicator. I've always been a communicator. And long story short, Fred and I got divorced. If you're divorced in here, I love you. And let's be kind to people, okay? Um, don't ask stupid questions. Close your mouth. And just say, how can I help? How can I help? It's a stinky journey. I wanted to be divorced, but it was still the worst thing that had ever happened to me. Um, and I, I, the reason we got divorced, not because we had affairs, I thought he was going to reject me. So I thought, I'm going to reject him first. And he wasn't. Assumption is a killer for every relationship. 
And you can assume things about Jesus in his relationship with you as well as people. Um, and he, he wasn't going to reject me. Um, anyway, I got breast cancer. I was 28. He came home to look after our daughter. And he said, what do you want to do? We knew lots of Australians. And Australians come to England, get a camper van, and go around Europe. Yes? You all know people who've done that? Well, we knew lots. So I'm like, that's what I want to do. Obviously, I couldn't drive. I was epileptic. So he said, why don't we? I couldn't give him 10 good reasons why not. So we sold our home, gave away all our possessions, and went around Europe in a camper van, as you do. Um, and got saved on an American airbase. Met Jesus as a whole family. Um, as a whole family. It was just a God thing. But I went there for food and movies. Doesn't matter why you came here today. It matters how you leave. It matters how you leave. I went, I was very adamant with these Americans. I'm not interested in God. Um, I'm here for movies and food. Because you, in Greek, Greek island, you couldn't get that during the winter. Everything shut down. Um, and this guy preached what I now know is a very basic gospel message. But he said things like, no matter how good you are, you're not going to heaven. I'm like, who is he to judge? Hmm, I'm going to speak to him afterwards. Because <laughs> like, that was my philosophy. If you don't do anything too bad, you'll get there. Well, actually, that's not true. And he told us. And I'm like, hmm, well, I'll talk to him. Um, and then he said, um, if you feel like God has spoken to you, I'm like, the man's on drugs. God does not talk to ordinary people. The Pope may be, but not ordinary people on an American airbase. Um, and, so, and so he said, if you feel like God's spoken to you, put your hand up. Now, Fred is nothing like me. He's very British and very nice and calm. That's not me. I'm not calm. Um, and, um, and Jane put her hand up. I'm like, put your hands down. We didn't come here for this. You don't have to do the God thing. We don't have to be polite. We just came here for food and movies. Put your hands down. Don't respond to these people. He's drugged. This man's on drugs. What are you? Put your hands down. And then he said, if you put your hand up, come to the front. I thought, oh, there is a God in heaven. Fred will never get out of this seat because he's not like that. So... As I put my head down, I'm thanking the God that I didn't know of. Um, they walked past me. Both of them. Now, Fred and I were divorced, and we were kind of on the journey to get back. But I realized this, if this man was right, he thought he was going to go to heaven. I looked at him walking, and I thought, if he thinks he's going to heaven without me. <laughs> Marched my little body down to the front and got radically saved. Radically wasn't on my agenda, but it was on God's agenda. Um, and I said, so I really want to encourage you. Whatever you're here with today, oh, I forget sometimes to say, we came home and got remarried. <laughs> Went back to England and got remarried. God has to deal with some people severely. Um, and my mum at 73 had the privilege to lead my mum to Christ out of a mental institution. Uh, radically saved, never went back, came off all her legal drugs. Um, I've written a book, it's called Healed and Whole. Lots of people get healed, they don't get whole. Wholeness is about gratitude. Ten lepers, lepers got healed, only one came back and said thank you. So let's be grateful. Um, I'll sign some in the break. But is there somebody who's not been here before? Anybody visiting for the first time? Oh, hello. Hello. You're welcome. It's good to see you. So, we're going to open the word of God. It's always a good thing, hey? Um, it's a good thing. I just, this is my favorite scripture at the minute, so I'm going to share it with you because we're friends now. Because you know more about me than I know about you. There's something wrong with that picture. Um, but I'm going to go in grace. Psalm 14, 
um, and verse 2 in the Passion, it says, The Lord looks down in love, bending over heaven's balcony, looking over all of Adam's sons and daughters. He's looking to see if there's anyone who acts wisely and anyone who is searching for God and wanting to please him. Would that be us today? We're searching for God and want to please him? Then he's looking over heaven's balcony. He's like, look, my girls have gathered. It's on a Saturday. They could be doing lots of other things. But look at my girls. They're here. And they're gathered. You know, when we, we have God's attention today, we are here and he's gathered because he loves us. Amen. He's bent. Can you imagine him bending over heaven's balcony? Can you see him? He's like, look at them. Look, Dad. He's like, no, son. He's like, look, they're all here. You know, we have not if we don't ask. And we're going to ask for lots of things today. Amen. Um, I worked at Hillsong College for seven years. Nearly killed me. <laughs> it was a big, a big stretch. Anybody in a stretch season? I love you. I know. It's like, please, can this stop? And he laughs. I told him lots of times, I'm too old for this. God's not ageist. <laughs> he told me very clearly, I'm not ageist. Read your Bible. I'm like, well, you should be. It's respectful. He wasn't having a bar of it. That's where I was last time, I think. Um, so as we gather around his word today, I want us to respond. I want us to be willing to change and to actually do what... Hold on, get these out. I want us to be willing to be changed and challenged because there's no point otherwise, hey? Good. So just wanted to make sure I got buy-in. And you've already prayed you're changing, so God's got you anyway. Um, <laughs> As he is, so is she. Do we really believe that? Because if we did, we would live very differently, hey? If we understood the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. How many times do we say that and then suddenly something comes and we go, oh, I can't do that. Well, we can because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. He doesn't visit on a Sunday or midweek. He's in us all the time. Um, And so he's able. So as... He is, so is she. So he's able. Do we all agree he's able? That means you are. So she is able. So she is able. In Daniel 3, 17 in the NIV, if we're thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from from your majesty's hand. You know, they were going to be thrown into the fire. Well, some of you might feel like that. But God is able. God is able. Life is full of challenges, hey? It's full of challenges. But he is able. But sometimes we have to talk to ourselves. Who's one of those people that's like, come on? Yep. See, we have to do, don't we? We have to say, come on, I can do this. How many of us know you can talk yourself in or out of something? And sometimes in the same sentence. (laughs) Can't we? We can. It's like, yes, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, maybe I can't. (laughs) And she can do it so much better than me. Comparison shrinks you. Don't compare. Don't compare. Comparison shrinks you. And we all compare. um, And we have to stop it. It's rude to God. Because when you compare, you're saying you should be like that. And that's saying he, he made you wrong. Oh, how rude is that? Let's not be rude to God. When he made you, he didn't go, oh, no, I made a Margaret. What was I thinking? You know, he didn't say that. He said when he made us, he said very good. Very good. Didn't go, oh no, she's here now, what am I going to do? No, 
He didn't. He loves us with a passion that kept him on the cross when he could have called a legion of angels to take him off. He saw you and me coming and know and knew we need a savior. Amen? We need a savior. Listen, the Bible is like good deodorant. Has to be applied. Has to be applied. You can know this. If you don't apply it, it's of no worth to you. I know theologians who know this book, but don't apply it. It's just knowledge. It has to be applied daily. Otherwise, we smell. (laughs) Deodorant works, but it has to be. You can have the best deodorant on your shelf. But if you don't apply it, you know, don't sweat here at this time of year, but I'm sure you have a summer. But, you know, (laughs) actually, it works. And we need to be in that place where we don't, I don't want to be a hearer of the word. I want to be a doer. I want to be a doer. I want to hear it and I want to do it because there's freedom in that. And I've been captive. I know what captive looks like. And I'm annoyingly free now. I annoy people, you know, because I'm secure. I used to be desperately insecure. And now I'm secure because I've read this and applied it. This works. But it's really annoying because if I'm around people who are insecure, they're like, why is she so secure? This is it. It's our birthright. Jesus didn't come that we would be insecure women. I'm over-insecure Christians. Just telling you nicely. Because really, what you're, when you're insecure, what you're saying is that actually, Jesus, you did a great job on the cross. Good job. But it's not quite big enough for my insecurity. How rude is that? How rude is it? And we must look at his nail-pierced hands and go, really? The cross is all-sufficient. Not some sufficient. All sufficient. Everything in this room, the cross is all sufficient. There isn't anything that we go through. And can we remember we go through it? We're not meant to camp at it. There's a few campers in the room. Camping around your issue. Just come round. My problem's bigger than yours. Let's put the kettle on. Let's have tea and talk about our problem. That won't help anybody. Let's come round the word of God and apply it with full measure. And see us free. Amen? Good. So if I can be, I was the most insecure person on the planet. That's why we got divorced. Like, no, he's going to do it. But actually, when you read your Bible, he changes us, hey? But we have to keep telling ourselves. You know, because I still go into situations that I think, I don't want to be here. I can't do this. And he's like, what? Is this not enough? Yes. All right. I think it is. And we have a go. But we've just got to keep having a go. Because he's able. And if he's able, we're able. Otherwise, he would be crazy, wouldn't it? It's like, oh, you can do all things. Well, that make him a liar. And he's not. So he can do all things. In 2 Timothy 1 and verse 12 in the NIV. That's why I'm suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame. Because I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. You know, whatever you're going through, you have to remember that we trust in God. We trust in God. So he is able. Those things that, you know, those things we can't work out. Who are the control people? (laughs) Yeah, I get it. Um, It doesn't work. Um, but, you know, he's able to do whatever concerns you today. But what we tend to do is we give it to him and then we take it back. So we'll give it to him on a day like today. Oh, Jesus, here it is. There's the altar. I'll lay it down. And then what happens is we pick it up as we leave. We leave. 
Because, you know, salvation... Sorry. Just hang a moment here. Just come with me. Um, Salvation means unshackled. That's what it means. But what happens is, what we do is, like, I've been unshackled, I'm free. Come on, past. Oh, I'd love to serve in church. I've got a past. (laughs) Oh, I'd love to be like that person over there, but I've got a past. Come on, past. Oh, it'd be really good if I could actually become all that God wants me to do, but see, I've got a past. Come on, past. I'd love to see all the promises of God in my life, but I've got a past. Come on, past. And we drag it round. As an excuse for our bad behavior, today we have to say no in Jesus' name. My past is over. I'm forgiven. I'm set free. I can do all things through Christ who, who ransomed me, paid for me, done it. I am able to walk past my past. I'm able to do that because of the cross of Jesus Christ. And she's able. If he says, when the sun sets you free, you're free indeed, what are we doing carrying our past around? But I've done that. I have carried, I've used it as an excuse for my bad behavior. <laughs> you can't do it anymore. We have no excuse for our, our past because he's forgiven it. And he remembers it no more. So why do we remember it? And our past is our past. You can't change it. But you can change the rest of today. You can change the rest of today. And your past is your past. Yes? It's not your, unless you choose to drag it with you, it's not your present. And it can't touch your future unless you give it permission. And some of you are giving your past permission. Who are you? You know that got it. your past is still kind of ruling. Put your hand up if you know that's you. Yeah. Okay, stand up. You're like, oh my word. We're going to do this all day. Listen, if you've got something in your lap and you stand up, what happens? It falls off. Yeah, chains are falling right now. Chains are falling right around this room today. Chains are falling. And we're not going to do the, oh, I'll take it as I leave. We're not going to do that. Chains are falling. Your past has no authority over your future unless you give it authority. You are forgiven. You are loved. You are chosen and not rejected. And that truth today is going to penetrate. I really believe that. As you stood up, all of heaven was leaning in going, look, look. And Jesus is smiling. He's like, look, Dad. Look. Chains are falling. Around the world, songs are being written about chains falling about being snapped, because God is up to something, and today is your day, okay, so hand on your heart, everyone's going to pray it, but those on your, put your hand on your heart if you're standing, and but everyone pray it with them, so we're supporting them, pray with me, Jesus, thank you, that you have forgiven my past, it doesn't rule me, forgive me that I've dragged it into today, this is a new day, I let go of my past. Your blood is more than enough to cleanse me. And I'm going to run my race without dragging my past. It's a new day. In Jesus' name, I'm free. Amen. If you're sitting down, cheer these women. Heaven is cheering. Heaven is cheering. Listen, if church is boring, it's because we are. Because Jesus is not boring. He's not boring. I've never been bored. I used to be bored before. Church is not boring unless we are. My life as a Christian has never been boring. So let's make sure that we actually respond. And today, if you need to run, 
There's something in movement. We are going. I'm going to ask you to stand a few times. Whatever God, I just kind of know what He shows me. What's in the room, and I do that. But you know, sometimes you have to run. You have to move. In the UK, I don't know about here, but in the UK, everyone used to stand at football matches. They used to stand, uh, but they used to fight. So they sat them down and made them passive. Church, we are not called to sit down and be passive. We're called to run a race. We're called to stand and fight the good fight of faith. Let's not be passive. Nothing passive about Christianity. We're called to stand and run. And if you need to run today, um, I did a masterclass at a Hillsong conference on healing. And people, as they ran, got healed. We'll do that this afternoon. We'll spend some time. Um, But, you know, there's movement. And don't be afraid. This is a safe place. You need to run around a bit, run. I'm going to run. Why wouldn't you? It's important. Hebrews 7 and verse 25. Therefore, he's able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for us. You know, Jesus is praying for us today. So if Jesus is praying for us, we have no reason to back off. You know, and I love the fact that you can pray here And you could pray backwards, but he presents your prayers faultless to the Father. Isn't that amazing? That he takes those prayers we pray. You know, sometimes you just don't know what to pray. And he says, okay, I've got this. And he he takes our prayers to Dad and he goes, look, Dad, this is what Mark's just prayed. Let's move heaven now. And let's get earth moving. That's what he does. And I think sometimes we can be so earthbound looking at our stuff that... The Bible says, fix your eyes on Jesus, not glance. And when we look at him, how many of us know we're we're different? Because what we look at changes us. If you look at the problems, how many of us know we magnify them? It says, magnify the Lord, not the problem. But we all magnify the problem. We've all done it, hey? But today, not today. Because she's able. She's able to be like Christ. Because we say, not I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. Well, could we give him a bit more space? Not just little like, okay, you're in my hand or you're in my foot. No, he lives in me. Let's not box God because there's so much to do. There's so many people that need to see the love of Christ. And you can't give what you don't have. And some of you in this room don't feel loved. And he loves us. But if you don't have love, you can't give what you don't have. And I've lived not feeling loved. I've lived that. It's horrible. And you can be in church and still not feel loved. And it's a fact. You are loved. You might not feel it, but we are. And feelings are not facts. But we often live as if they are. But feelings are not facts. The fact is, today, you are loved. You are forgiven. You are chosen. And you are most definitely loved. But some of you struggle with that thought. And that's because you don't love yourself. So you think, no, I can't do that. So who are you? Who are those people who struggle with that? Receiving love. Good girl. Well done. See, you're not alone. Look around. You know what's going to happen? Up you get on those feet. Chains falling. My grandson's like, Nan, when you preach, I want to stand for everything. I'm like, why don't you then? And he does. It's like, we are safe here. Stand. If, don't go home thinking, I wish I'd stood. Don't do that. It's not a wish I'd day today. Today's a freedom day. And he's got you in the palm of his hands. And he loves you with a passion, precious. And you are so brave. And you need a hug. Come around and have a hug.
Well done. God's got you. It's a day to receive. Okay? But you have to choose to do that. Well done. It is a day to receive. It's a day to be in that place. Brave women run in my family. Brave women run in my family. You are loved. You are loved. You are chosen. We break every lie that says otherwise today. As you stood, every lie that's been spoken over you fell on the floor. The chains of lies fell. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You're loved. It's hard, isn't it, when somebody's going to stop saying that. I don't know if I am. You are loved. You are worth it. You're worth him dying. You're worth his resurrection. And whatever lie has kept you captive... You know, a lie has no power except that you believe it. It's true. But the truth today has no power unless you believe that too. And if you've believed a lie, you can believe the truth because you know the habit's there. Okay? So we're going to break it. We're going to believe God and you're going to receive it. Are you ready for that? Good. Did you hear the chains fall? I heard them. It's like, oh my word. Hand on your heart, my lovelies. Pray with me today. Jesus, thank you. Today. I let go and I receive your love pressed down and overflowing. It's a new day. Thank you. I'd like some love to give away as well. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Clap these women who are standing. All the angels are going, all the angels are excited when we respond. How cool is that? That we have heaven's attention and he's like, come on girls, we can do this. Because if you can't receive God's love, it is difficult to love yourself. That's why he came. That's why he came. He wants us to know his love. So that this world needs love. How many of us know Tasmania needs loving to life? Well, you can't do that if you don't love yourself because people out there will smell it. They can smell a fake a long way away. You can, your words sound like echoes. Echo, echo, echo. Love you, love you, love you. No, you don't. But when we're full of the love of Christ, it just pours out. Don't have to work at it. It's just full and overflows. Amen? Good. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse... 57. I love this. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you have got circumstances and situations right now that you're facing that you know you need victory in. And for some of you feel like, oh, but it's impossible. <laughs> it's not what this says. <laughs> it says, he is the God of the impossible. And, and I've got some impossible things too. Only God. Only God. But I want you to know you are and you have the victory. Sometimes we just have to walk in it. We just have to walk in it. We have to just start saying, I've got the victory. What you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. That's why I get you to pray yourself. Because it's your confession. I can pray for you. But it's your confession that changes things. Because you're listening to yourself. And some of you in this room talk yourself out of things before they even appear. Stop it. It's not good for you. Not good. Change your language. Your self, some of the self-talk in this room is awful. Stop. I can almost hear it. It's like, oh my word, they're not saying that, are they? Yes, they are. Um, so stop it. Stop it. 
because you listen to yourself. And often we listen to ourselves more than we listen to God. Swap. Listen to God more than you listen to yourself. He is God, and he can do it. Now I'm going to read it again. But thanks be to God, he gives. Okay, you don't have to earn the victory. Isn't that good? He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have victory. Don't have to earn it. You don't have to pray yourself into it. You just have to take it. You have to just take the victory. He's done it for us. Isn't that amazing? And yet often we walk around not victorious. But he's actually given us the victory. And if he's got the victory, as he is, so is she. So he's victorious. Are we all agreed God's victorious? Are we all agreed so as he is, so is she? Oh, then you need to walk in it. So what do you need? There are victories that you know that you, when you leave here today, you're facing some things that you need a victory in. Who are you? Just raise your hand. Yeah, come on. Up on those lovely feet. Look around. You're not alone. It's really important for women to see they're not alone in circumstances. Because I think we think we're the only one doing battle. Look, we're in this together. And I stand the whole time. So what's your problem? I'm here. We all need victory. We need to live in that and then give God the glory. Okay, it's really important. It's really important. You have the victory. But you need to claim it. So what I want you to see is two imaginary baskets. One, you can double dip today. This is a receiving moment, okay? So a basket there and a basket there. Can you see them? Two baskets, yes? So we're going to pray and then we're going to double dip. And if you need to go again, get more victory. You know your life, but you're going to get it today, okay? You're going to take victory home with you. And you're going to work with victory on your side. Imagine what that looks like. He gives us victory. But it's our responsibility to take it. He's done it all. He doesn't have another thing. He's not coming back to be crucified again. The cross is all sufficient. His life gave us victory. His death and resurrection gave us fullness of life. Amen? So we ready? Okay, pray on our hearts first and then we'll double dip. Ready? Two buckets, one each side, remember? Jesus, thank you for your cross and your resurrection. Today, I claim and take the victory that you paid for as mine. I'm going home with it. I'm going to share it. I'm going to live it. I'm going to shock people with it because I'm going to live victorious. And I'm going to double dip if I need to. Amen. Okay, ready? Hands up and down we go. Double both. Ready? Back pocket, in your bag, wherever you need it. And if you need to go again, down you go again. Just take whatever you need today. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. You have all that you need for life and godliness. He's a good, good father. And we need to be in that place where we learn to take it and take it home with us. Have you got it? Got enough? You can go again if you want. Okay, there you go. Well done. We need it. So I want you to, if you journal, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to write it down. I got the victory today. I got it. I got the victory today. I came and I got the victory because give thanks to God. He gives us the victory through Christ. So you've got it. So that's got to be your confession. Whatever that circumstance is, when it comes, not if, it says when we walk through the valley. It doesn't say if you're going to go through a valley. It says when. So when you're in the valley, you go, oh, no, I got the victory in this one. I got it on Saturday, and I'm keeping it. 
And actually what you confess then actually changes how you walk and how you talk and actually how you carry yourself because we've got the victory. You know, we're not bowed down. As I shared, my mum was a manic depressive, schizophrenic, and she always walked like this. But Jesus is the lifter of our heads. I never pray for anybody who bows their head because he's the lifter of our heads. And he loves us and he loves our faces. Not, he, whenever anybody bowed down before God, he never spoke to them. He said, stand up because he's a dignifying God and he loves to see our faces. So let's just keep your head up. We walk differently. You know, if you look at the royals, they walk differently. Why? Because they've got, they carry the authority that they know who they are. How much more should we actually walk with our heads up? You know, I'm a trained drugs counsellor. Of course I am. I used to work with the police. I used to go in, into nightclubs and listen to drum and bass and garage music till two and three in the morning do, doing drug education and then go home, have a shower and preach. Um, in our church on Sunday. Of course you do. Um, but who's going to go there with their heads up to a generation whose heads are down? Who's going to lift the heads of, of people in Tasmania except us? This is what we're called for. We are, he lifts our heads so we can lift others. Amen? That's the whole point. We're not here today just to get for me. We're here today so I've got something to go and encourage and build and strengthen someone else. Isn't that the deal? And as women, we are really good at giving. But there's some stinky receivers in the room. <laughs> you're really good at giving because you hide behind giving but actually you're not a good receiver and I used to be like that if somebody gave me something I'm like, no, no, it's fine, I'm alright I'm good, I'm fine I'm good, I don't need anything it's good, no, there's worse people off than me some of you have even said that stop it we need to be good receivers we need to receive from God. That's why I get people to stand. We need to get good at receiving. And some of us really struggle with that. And that can be pride. I've been there. I think I can smell some pride in the room. Um, it's pride. Because like, no, no, I'm fine. When we pass the church, I say to people, how are you? Fine. I'm a liar. <laughs> liar. So not fine. Don't have to pretend in church. Don't have to pretend in the kingdom of God. We can be honest and, and real with each other and say, I'm struggling. Or I'm in a place where I really haven't wished to be. <laughs> but actually, when we do fine, nobody helps us. And that's because we're really not good at receiving. And we have to learn to receive. It's a learning curve. And sometimes not receiving has been a, you know, a defense mechanism. I don't trust people. You know, I get that. But let's trust God, hey? Let's trust God. Because if you ask God for something, the Bible says if you ask him for a fish, he's not going to give you a stone. He's not going to do that. He's not that sort of a God. So if you ask for something, let's ask believing and receive it and be a good receiver. So who struggles with receiving? Yeah, look at you. I love you. Mwah. Up on those feet, the chains of not receiving are falling off. Can you hear them? I can hear them. Chains falling around the room. I normally have a drummer when I preach. Most people have a keyboard player. I have a drummer. Um, because, you know, there's, there's a drum roll in heaven right now. Imagine it. Look around the room. You're not alone. Look around. Look, there's others. We're just stinky receivers. I have been there. I was the worst. I'd be like, no, 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 I'm fine. No, far worse people off than me. 
you know, I'm good. Even on the cancer journey, I've done breast cancer twice, both breasts. Um, and even on that journey, people are like, oh my God, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm fine. I wasn't fine. I could have done with a sister alongside, but actually I wouldn't let them. And we have to learn to let people love us. And we have to receive first from God and then from people. Because, you know, we are Christ on the earth. So hands up, ready to receive. Both hands. Pray with me. Jesus, today, as I lift my hands, I'm vulnerable and I'm willing. And I want to learn how to receive. Firstly from you on a new level. And then from people that you've put in my life to help and bless me. Make me a good receiver so I can be an even better giver. I receive it right now and I'll live it out by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. Imagine what it's going to look like. Look around the room. Imagine all these people being great receivers. Woo! Heaven is like, woo! (laughs) Amen. Amen. Let's be good receivers. Amen. So good. It's time to overflow. In John 10, 10, in the Passion Translation, it says, A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. But I have come that you may have everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until you overflow. Life in its fullness until you overflow. That's, the, that's who she is, because that's what he paid for. He is full of life, yes, in abundance. As he is, so is she. We need to learn to live in the abundance of the word of God not just visit it, but actually live in the abundance because all that we need is here. And as he is, he's not in heaven going, oh, I haven't got any of that. Oh, I ran out, gave it all to Margaret because she keeps asking. (laughs) He's not like that. He's not like that. We have funny thoughts about God because we wouldn't say them out loud like that, but how many of us know that that's kind of how we act? But putting words around it makes you go, oh, that's a bit silly. Isn't it? It's like, oh, no. Oh, there's somebody in here who needs wisdom. Who needs wisdom? Yeah. There's, and you really do need wisdom. It's something. Stand up. God's going to give you a double portion. He's going to give you a double portion. Wisdom is what makes the church work and makes our lives work. And he's going to give you wisdom. And he's heard you. You often feel very forgotten. Um, and look at me, precious. You feel forgotten. You are not forgotten. He has inscribed you on the palm of his hands. And you've asked, and he's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give it to you as a gift. You haven't got to earn it. And he knows you, and he loves you, and he cares about you. And it's true. And even now you're thinking, I'm not sure. I'm really not that sure that it is true for me. I know it's for you, Margaret, but I'm not sure if it is for me. That's rude. It's for you. Amen. Love you. Okay, we're going to double dip for wisdom. Um, Once somebody called me wise, and it really frightened me. So I spent 10 years in Proverbs. Um, Most people don't want to spend 10 minutes. Just being honest, those standing, get into Proverbs 
and start reading it. It will give you the wisdom that you need. It takes your eyes off the problem and gives you the wisdom to deal with it. Because we all, there is a famine of wisdom in our world. There's a famine of wisdom. And, you know, often people come to us because they know we know Jesus. But if we haven't got the wisdom to help them, there's a famine out there. But there's also a famine in the church of wisdom. And it's not because he doesn't want to give it to you. You have not because you asked not, but you stood today. And again, heaven is like so excited because wisdom builds. It builds. If you have wisdom, you can build anything, anything, a life, a ministry, a circumstance, a situation. You can build with wisdom. But I provoke you and encourage you. Read Proverbs. Just get stuck into Proverbs because it changed my life. There's so much gold in there that you can give away. But first, take it for yourself. Because some of you standing are like the people on the plane. You know when it says the mask comes down? Put it on yourself before helping others. You're one of those people who go, you need this. And you need this. And you're dying quietly with no wisdom. So make sure you take wisdom for yourself before you give it to anybody else. Amen? Anybody else want to stand now? I've explained it a little bit more. Mm. Love you. Yeah, we need it. I don't know why you're not all standing, for goodness sake. This is wisdom that's on offer. I'm like, why would you not want wisdom? It's crazy, isn't it? So, like, oh, should I have wisdom today? Oh, maybe I've got enough. No one's got enough wisdom. None of us. You need to be on your feet, girls. Come on. This is the last call before a break. We've got 29 minutes, seconds, so why wouldn't we make them count? Okay, hands up first. Ready? Pray with me. Jesus, today. I know that you want to give me wisdom. And so I'm asking for it. I'm going to double dip. One for me and one to give away. Help me to walk in wisdom. Help me to believe your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ready? Down you go. Double dip. Some for you. Back pocket. Some for someone to give away. Amen. 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 Good. Okay. Let's, I'm going to just ask God to give you peace today. I'm going to have a break right now. But I want you to have peace. Okay, it's for everybody. That's why I've got you while you're all standing. <laughs> because where the presence of the Lord is, there's peace and liberty. And we need both. So, Father, I pray for these amazing women, for every circumstance and every situation that they face, that they will know and have peace and wisdom like never before. That we'll see Tasmania saved, that we'll see relationships restored, we'll see you do what only you can do. You are the God of the impossible, and we trust you in Jesus' name. And all God's girls said? Love you.